3: Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Time now for the nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550.
4: We're back. First show since Thursday night. Friday night. When was the preseason finale? Thursday? Friday? It was a Thursday. So I was on Friday. The days get mixed up. You never know. A lot has happened since I've spoken to you last. At least on the nightcap. I was on uh, Saturday with some stuff that had just broken. And it's football week. It's game week. I'm at a point I had to, I just realized, because it feels like a Monday. You know, you're coming back to work. Labor Day was yesterday. I personally went golfing, so definitely didn't feel like a real Monday. I'm typically not golfing on a Monday. And I come in today, and it feels like a Monday. And it, you're like, all right, I got it. It doesn't feel like a football week even. And it's a Tuesday. And 48 hours from now, I'm going to be getting you ready for a Thursday night football game that we're going to have here on WGR, and football's going to be here. I got fantasy decisions to make, we got games to watch, The fantasy decisions to make first and foremost. You only got a couple of days to do stuff, waivers tomorrow, it's a pretty short timeline. Uh... To get ready for. So if you uh, if you forgot about the Thursday game, then you're probably not a big enough football fan to care about fantasy in the first place. But make sure you get your lineup decisions in. You got waivers tomorrow. You got to get back in the swing of things. Get back in the uh, in the typical rotation that you normally have in a football week. We had Salon on today. Practices throughout the week. We'll get, I'm sure, an in- injury report later in the week concerning who will be ready to go for the Jet game. Probably no Tyler Croft, um, but past that, Bills are relatively healthy going into Sunday. So, it's a football week, and uh, we got Bills and Jets for you here on WGR on Sunday, and the Bill season is just about to get going, but first... Some reaction to the weekend. Some of the cuts and some of the moves, what the Bills did with the roster. I want your calls at 803-0550. It's the Nightcap with Sneaky Joe here on WGR. I'll be with you for the next two hours. Kind of going over what they did over the weekend and looking ahead to the Bills-Jets game. And looking back over the weekend, if you didn't hear me on Saturday, and if you haven't heard my show for what, the last nine months? I mean, I can't even remember when I first started talking about, okay, McCoy, let's let's see it. It's about time. Let's end this. It probably has been nine months. The end of last year. I wanted them to pick a running back. I wanted them to get younger at the position. Now, they didn't really get younger at the position because they signed Frank Gore, who is the oldest running back I've ever seen in my entire life. But they brought in a rookie and... Not only did they bring in a rookie in Devin Singletary, I had some worries. I had some worries. Happy he was here, but had some worries that going into the year, you got three other proven veteran guys at that position running back. Might be hard for him to get his touches. Might be hard for him to even be active. I think you're seeing now the Bills are going into that jet game with three running backs that are going to be active. They didn't even keep a fourth special team guy. You know, we were discussing on Friday night, hey, are they going to keep five? Are they going to keep five? McCoy, Yeldon, Gore, Singletary, a special teamer, maybe Murphy, maybe Perry. The Bills said, no, we're good with three. We'll have DeMarco play special teams. We'll have Roberts play special teams. We'll find other guys that can do that. We're going with the three best running backs, and we're going with the three running backs that are going to do the most for us on a game-in and game-out basis. And not only did they do that, Because maybe McCoy was one of the top three running backs. You have Gore, a veteran that if you want that player, fine. You want to have a guy that you know you can rely upon if the rookie's not getting the job done. There you go. There's Frank Gore. You want TJ Yeldon, fine. Pass-catching running back, has a track record of catching for the Jacksonville Jaguars and being a pretty good third-down running back. Not a great starter by any means. I don't think I want him doing that, but he has done it. His skill set lies with the receptions. I've got those two roles locked down. Why do I need LaShawn McCoy? And that was always the question for me. I didn't have an answer to it. Clearly the Bills ended up not having an answer to it either. They did not have a need for LaShawn McCoy. Where their running back group sits today, I like it more than probably... I could tell you more than any running back group they've had since at least McCoy and Carlos Williams when they had that one really good year together When in Carlos Williams' only year in the NFL. Going back further than that, I mean, maybe there was a Jackson-Spiller year. I would have told you I loved it. Probably 2011, 2012, wherever Spiller went off. There was that one year he was great and Jackson was still good. It's been a while since I've liked a running back group as much as I like this one right now. And part of that is, not only does the rookie have a spot on this team, he has a pathway to touches. The door for Devin Singletary to burst onto the scene, to break out, is wide open. And I was not convinced that that was the case before this past weekend. When you have two guys with the egos and the track record, Hall of Fame records maybe, or Hall of Fame uh, profiles in Gore and McCoy, at least arguably Hall of Famers, Those guys were going to want their touches. Those guys were going to want their opportunities. I was not convinced that if Singletary was going to be great right away, which is very realistic to think could happen, if that did happen, you were going to have a hard time getting him the amount of work for him to capitalize on how good he is, for the Bills to capitalize on how good he is. The path was very narrow for that to happen. Now it's open. You move McCoy off the team. You still have two reliable veterans. And now the opportunity for the rookie, if he is good enough to take it, is there. And guess what? If he's not good enough to take that, to take the bull by the horns, that's what signing Yeldon was. That's what signing Gore was. They set themselves up so that if McCoy's not here and you got a rookie running back, you're still fine if the rookie struggles a little bit. You're still fine. Gore was better than McCoy last year. He Yeldon plays a role that McCoy doesn't. They both. You needed both of them to me more than you needed LaShawn McCoy. If you want Gore for the leadership or whatever, fine. But I needed Gore more because I know he he's got a li- he had a little left in the tank last year, at the very least. I don't know if McCoy's had anything left in the tank in two years, because last year he didn't have it. Gore did. There's better reason to think, in my mind, Gore's got more juice left in the tank than LaShawn McCoy does. Now, I'm not sure that's going to come out on the field this year because just to be honest, Kansas City, their offense, how amazing it is, how dynamic it is, how much movement there is, how they get their skilled players into space. McCoy's numbers are going to be great this year. I'm going to tell you right now. His numbers are going to be great. That doesn't mean he had more left in the tank than Frank Gore does. That offense, for good reason, I want an offense like this. It inflates the stats of their running backs. It does. Kareem, I don't want to take anything away from Kareem Hunt as a player. I think Kareem Hunt's a very good running back. He led the league in rushing. Is he the best running back in football? I don't think so. But Kareem Hunt re- led the league in rushing when he was their starter. Last year, Damian Williams, who stunk in Miami. Not good. He was a backup. He was not only a backup, he was a special teamer. He wasn't even the second-string guy. A lot of times he was their third-string running back. Not good at running the football. Averaged under four yards a carry for his career. His career high still to this day. He might still be the chief starting running back. His career high in carries is fewer than Marcus Murphy's career high in carries. Not much of a track record. And what he had put on film, what he had put on the stat sheets, wasn't very good. Guess what happened last year? He becomes the starting running back. He looks great. Damian Williams, who stunk for four years in Miami as a running back and was mostly a special teams guy, looked tremendous in Kansas City. Why? Because it is pretty easy to play running back in Kansas City compared to other teams in the league, a lot of other teams in the league. Just set. I'm just setting you up for it right now. McCoy is going to look great in Kansas City. It's going to happen. But that does not mean the Bills needed him, and that does not mean he's a better fit for what they need right now than Frank Gore even is. And especially to me, not needed as much, not a better fit than what Devin Singletary is. You have to play the age into it. You have to play the upside into it. He had one year left in his contract. This position was the last piece of the puzzle for the Bills at almost any position where if you could... If you could go two, three years in the future, do you have a guy that you can realistically realistically expect to still be playing for you at that position? You can go position by position and find guys like that. On the offensive line, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse, you just signed him to a big contract. Cody Ford, how about a tight end? I got two rookies maybe that could do that in three years, and Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. These guys don't have to be great, but young players with upside, with ceilings, that you can anticipate, hey, maybe he hits that one day. Quarterback, of course, with Allen. Receiver, Robert Foster. Even Zay Jones a little bit, maybe. Could be here in a couple years from now. John Brown, Cole Beasley. They have the contracts to do it. So almost everyone at receiver has that. Defense, Trey White, Poyer, Hyde, Edmonds. Defensive tackle with that Oliver. Like d- Almost every position you had a guy where I could say, all right, look at what the Bills are doing here. They're not just trying to win right now. They're building a team that can win right now that is built to be good for a long time. That's what all the culture is. That's what getting all these young players in here are. That's what stockpiling draft picks was. All of it. Wasn't just, let's be good right now. Let's set up a team that can be good for a long time. That's kind of why I hate what the Houston Texans are doing right now. If I'm a Texans fan, I'm excited because I'm going to be good this year. I'm excited about the team. I'm not excited about who's running the show. You see what Bill O'Brien's doing in Houston right now? He is nervous. That ship was close to sinking. Not an offensive line whatsoever that could protect their young quarterback. They were about to start a fifth-round pick from last year at left tackle that they had only had active for two games. That guy was about to start on your young quarterback's blind side. No running back. Just Duke Johnson. That's it. It was him and Taiwan Jones, who's just a special teams guys we know here in Buffalo. That team right now, I think they're very good. I think they're gonna win that division. Don't get me wrong. But the guy running the show reeks of desperation. And what I like is the Bills set themselves up to be to never really have to be that. Except for at running back. They had yet to show me that they were going to do that at running back until they drafted Devin Singletary. And I wasn't even convinced they were going to do that going into the draft. Why would I be? What reason I had to expect that they were going to get away from the way they had run that position? A very high one of the few guys they kept around from the Rex Ryan Doug Whaley era was McCoy. A high paid running back. And I, if I think, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm hoping that McDermott and Bean are going to get away from the days of the running back being the face of this franchise, the running back being one of the higher-paid players on this team. For how long has the running back been the face of this team? For how long? When the Bills have been playing, when, whenever you see a graphic on ESPN, maybe the Bills had a Monday night game, maybe they had a Thursday night game, whatever, they got something coming up, and it's Bills versus whoever, who's the guy on the graphic? For 15 years, it's almost always been the running back. It was McCoy. It was even Spiller for a time. Maybe it was Fred Jackson for a time, too. It was Marshawn Lynch. It was McGahee, the running back. It's always been the running back. Now, finally some evidence that Bean and McDermott get what's going on in the league right now at that position. Think about how they replaced their $9 million running back. Top five in the league in money paid to that position. McCoy was in it. One of the higher paid running backs in the league. Who was tremendous. Not Just a few years ago, he was great. In one offseason, they completely rebuilt the position. They went from McCoy, Ivory, and Murphy to Gore, Singletary, and Yeldon. What did it cost them? It cost them two contracts that cost almost nothing and a third-round pick. That's all it took. The Bills built a running back group from scratch, and it cost them almost nothing. A third-round pick's not nothing, but it's also not a first-round pick or a second-round pick like a lot of teams are, or like a high second-round pick like a lot of teams are spending these days. They did it. And that might have been the last piece of the puzzle, the last position where they needed to do that, and they did it. And that's a big part of why I love so much what they did on Saturday. There are a lot of things that I wanted this team to change. There were, going back to last year, If you, if you, it's a long time ago, but if you heard me on the air going into last season, I was in a bad place with what this team was setting up for on offense. It wasn't just Peterman. It was the style of receivers they had. It was the caliber of receivers they had. It was what they were surrounding a young rookie quarterback coming into the league with. Fast forward 12 months. They've basically come around on all of it. They haven't surrounded Allen with a great supporting cast. I don't want to call it a great supporting cast. like That's what Mahomes has. Mahomes has an elite wide receiver, a great number two wide receiver, an elite tight end. Now he's got a couple of running backs to play around with, a good offensive line, a great offensive mind as a head coach. He's got everything that's going to help him out. I don't want to take anything away from him as a talent. I think he's the most talented quarterback in the league outside of Aaron Rodgers. But he's got a great supporting staff. And part of my big issue with the Bills going into last year was, hey, I this rookie quarterback, you, I want him to play. We need to find out if this guy's good. And if he has to go into a game, especially when Nathan Peterman is the only thing standing between him and the field, what is he going to walk into if he has to play? And we quickly found out he was walking into nothing. He had to run almost every play because he dropped back the pass and no one's open. So I'm very intrigued not just to see how good the Bills are this year starting Sunday. I'm interested to see how good this offense is now and how they treat those running backs. Cover one on Twitter if you don't follow them. uh, It's a great follow for some Bills coverage. And they, I think it was a couple hours ago, they found that in the preseason, if you look at the snaps that the running backs had, Frank Gore, Devin Singletary, TJ Yeldon, two combined snaps they stayed in pass protection. Dable was using his running backs as receivers in the preseason. Not just to protect his quarterback. And he's one of the guys I'm most optimistic for is Brian Dable. Little stuff like that. Understanding who your quarterback is. Your quarterback is Josh Allen. He's as mobile as he is. He's as athletic as he is. Maybe I don't have to keep my running backs in pass protection as much. I added all those pieces on offensive line. I don't think they're going to be a great offensive line, but they're certainly going to be a lot better than they were last season. I don't need to keep my running backs in pass protection as much. It's another weapon Josh Allen can drop back and look for. Because that's kind of how the league's going, too. Running backs, yeah, they're still asked to protect the quarterback, but not nearly as much as it used to be. Those guys are receivers now. James White is a running back that doesn't really carry the football. And he catches 70 passes last year. That's the that's a new player that hasn't always existed. It's hardly a running back because they're not really running that often. And I don't think the Bills have a James White. I don't think they have a guy that's going to come out here. I don't even think they have a quarterback that's going to throw the ball to the running back enough for him to get 60, 70 catches as a back. I just don't think that's going to happen. But I think they're going to come a, a pretty far distance in that regard this year. Yeldon is that type of player. Singletary looks like he has that type of capability. If I want to get the running backs involved in space. Kind of like the Chiefs. I just mentioned McCoy. I think his numbers are going to be tremendous this year. That's not, for me, as much about McCoy as it is that offense. And the end game for the Bills is you want to be that offense. You want to be the offense that, if Devin Singletary is putting up 1,600-yard seasons, you can walk away from him, not pay him $15, $20 million a year, whatever running back's going to be asking for in a couple of years. You don't have to pay him because you know that in your offense anybody's going to come through that door that's respectable at that position and he's going to look great. That's where you want to be. And that starts with remaking that position the way they did it. That starts with all the additions they made in the offseason and now not having to have that big three-down, go-to, superstar running back that the Bills have felt they have needed for almost two damn decades now. We finally landed in a a spot where it doesn't look like Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott think they need that guy. They think, with a committee approach, Gore, Yeldon, Singletary, none of which anyone would say are going to be superstars, Gore's 36, Yeldon was a failed starting running back that became a pass catching guy and Singletary was like the sixth running back picked in the draft. But guess what? Them together makes a pretty good running back core. Makes a pretty good running back group. Makes a running back group that's going to be good enough. It's not just that they moved on from McCoy. It's not just what McCoy has left in the tank or what he did for you last season. It's not just that. That Roster move was symbolism to me that the Bills are adapting. And it's not just a receiver. It's not just knowing they needed a franchise quarterback. It's not finding out this offseason or realizing this offseason they needed to build an offense around Allen. Now it's running back, too. And it's got me feeling pretty good about the direction of this team. I'm not sold on it, but it's another step in the right direction for me. Understanding the trends of the league and then acting on it. 8030550 is the phone number. Any reaction to LaShawn McCoy? Does anybody out there hate it? There's a, I know I've heard some people not really like the idea, but it seems like overwhelmingly this has been a pretty positive decision by the Bills, despite the fact that McCoy's a very popular player and was a very good player for at least three years for them. So, Talk a little bit more about McCoy. Thinking about looking back on his career, kind of where he stands in in Bill's lore. I got into it with my brother a little bit. He was on with me Sports Talk Saturday, and we were comparing him and Fred Jackson a little bit. And you know, McCoy. I don't think he's a Bill's legend, but I think he's a guy that will certainly, at the end of the day, he'll be respected as a Bill. Like when he goes into the Hall of Fame, if he does go into the Hall of Fame, that's going to be. like that's, he's going to be re- pretty respected, I think, by Bills fans uh, overwhelmingly. Tonight, cap with Joe DiBiase. We'll also hear from Bill's general manager Brandon Bean as the night progresses as well. Once your calls at eight zero three zero five fifty here on WGR.
2: Respect Shady. I'm happy that he got picked up, and you know, especially he back with his old coach, the guy who drafted him. And knowing Shady, how competitive, just been around him a couple the months, a couple months, very competitive. That's one of the reasons I could say he's been successful in his leaving, and also like very talented. I know he gonna go home. This business in Kansas City. Um, we've been talking every every day since he been gone, like a little brother to me. Now the guys in our room, that's all we could do is just keep our head down, and trying to be one, try to push each other, to help this team be successful this year.
1: Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply.
4: Gore. Not gonna call him the starting running back. It's gonna be a committee. Finally get to see a committee here in Buffalo. If you're a fantasy owner, you know all about committees. You try to avoid them as best you can. But it's hard. It's hard. A lot of teams around the league are doing it. How many teams are how many teams are even left, I'm trying to think, that just have one Bell Cow running back? I and mean, there's some, like Arizona, David Johnson. The Jets with Bell, but even they're talking a little bit about hey Montgomery's gonna factor in, but that's not a committee. That's a that's a that's a one running back show. Um the Cowboys when Elliott gets back. There's news on that. He's landed in Dallas and he's optimistic they're gonna get a deal done. You know, contract talk. Um James Connor in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Not many. I could probably count it on at least two hands. I don't think you're getting past 10. And the Bills will no longer be one of those teams. And they've been one of those teams. With McCoy here, they've always been that team. Spiller and uh, Jackson had a split for a long time. But Lynch, McGahee, Travis Henry, the Bills have always been the team to have that one really good running back. And uh, it's the beginning of a new era, I think. Not just for running back, but for the entirety of the offense. Last year... How are they trying to win games? They were trying to hold you to 20 points. That was how they were going to try to win games. This year, Brandon Bean actually said it perfectly today. We'll hear from him later. He was talking about today, they no longer want to be a team that when they win, the defense wins it for them. Or have that only be the case when they win. Let's see the offense win them a couple of games. At least a couple. Did the Bills offense win the Bills any games last year? Even the year before. How many games did the offense really win for them? There were games they held their own, but the, when's the last time a Bills offense was consistently winning games for you? Not just keeping up. And I'm not saying they're going to be that this year, but there's a, a hundred reasons that you didn't have last year to think maybe this is the year. That, that happens. 8030550 is the phone number. Let's roll through a couple of calls here. Let's go to Dan. Dan, you're on the nightcap. How's it going?
2: Good. How about you, Joe? Good. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I do like the move that Bills made with cutting with McCoy, but um, Devin Singletary was taken in the third round because he's known for being too slow. So, what do you think that the Bills thought during training camp and the preseason uh, to make? Uh, the decision to cut McCoy because, uh, as we know, Shady is one of the most versatile running backs in the league and he can break through tackles, he can make people miss. And with Singletary being there, being slow, um, Gore being older, and Yeldon just being a passing, what you think, What do you think made them feel that they can make Shady uh, move on from Shady? I'll well, get real... off the phone so I can yeah.
4: get them. Dan, thanks for the call, man. Like, really, I think at the end of the day, I just think, like, a lot of the stuff you're describing McCoy as just wasn't true anymore. It really wasn't. His elusive rating was really bad. Last year and the year before. It was bad. Don't just get caught up in the totals. He was not efficient as a back. And it's not like McCoy ever had that breakaway speed. I wouldn't call Devin Singletary slow, by any means. But, he doesn't have the breakaway speed, you're right. He's not going to be a home run hitter, I don't think, but he, what he might present for you is a younger, cheaper version of what LaShawn McCoy used to be. He's going to make you miss in tight spaces, and that's going to cause him to average a pretty good yards per carry. The way I think of him, if you think about running backs around the league, if you have a good idea in your mind of what Devontae Freeman is as a running back for the Falcons, he's not a superstar, but he's really good, and I don't think Singletary has to be a superstar. That's not the league anymore. You don't need a superstar running back. That's part of it. It's not just Singletary, it's the philosophy. And I think what the Bills saw is they saw enough. They saw enough to think this guy can play right now. And if this guy can play right now and we have two other guys that can play right now, why are we keeping the $10 million running back that was bad last year? Worse than Gore, worse than Chris Ivory, worse than Marcus Murphy. He was bad. And it wasn't just, you know, elusiveness and his yards per carry. Like there were a lot of metrics that showed it wasn't just the offensive line. Yards after contact, dead last in the league. That was never his game, but he was never dead last. I don't want to say McCoy is shot because I think he's going to have a thousand yards maybe this year, and I'm going to look like an idiot if I say that. But he's not the same running back he used to be. And when that becomes the case and you've got a big contract, a young cheap replacement. That guy's usually going to win. As long as he shows enough. And I think Singletary did. He showed, he flashed some things in the preseason. They used him a lot in camp. He showed at least that he can catch passes, which was maybe his biggest worry. That was a bigger worry for him than, can he, you know, outrun the corners? I don't think he's ever going to be that home run hitter. He's not Tariq Cohen. He's not, you know, he's not a burner in that way. But, if he's going to make linebackers miss in space like he did in that Colt game when he made that one dude look really dumb, then I think the Bills maybe found the perfect replacement. Let's go to Jonathan and Alden. What's up, man? You're on the nightcap.
3: Joe, thank you for being a voice of reason. I was reading some blogs and there was a lot of people bashing Bean in the Bills for making this move and I... I was listening to a radio show over the weekend, and this one, the radio host is like, "Why would the Bills get rid of McCoy? I guess they don't want a good running back, but I just don't think people understand the situation here. I mean, I, I get that McCoy was our MVP and our best player for the last five years, but this is a quarterback-driven league. If Josh Allen is good, we won't be missing McCoy at all. So I, I, I don't know if you have read any, any feedback on social media, but I just don't get it. And um, thank you for being." Um, Thank you
4: for the- yeah. Man, hey, man. Thanks for the call. I, I just kind of, it's just the way the league has gone. It's going to be Allen. It's going to be up to Allen, whether they're good or not. It's not. It's no longer And I like that the Bills understand that. It seems they understand that. They wouldn't even take shots at quarterbacks before. How frustrating was that? Maybe they still think they can win by being a run-heavy team, but at the very least they know they need a quarterback. And that was not always the case. They thought they could win with Ryan Fitzpatrick in a good run game. They thought they could win with Tyrod Taylor in a good run game. Like, seriously win. Not just playoffs. Like, win a Super Bowl. They thought they could win with Trent Edwards and Marshawn Lynch. Like, they thought they could win with subpar quarterback play if their running back was great and their defense was good. That is not football anymore. There is only one real example in the modern game, which if you think about the modern game, the way it's grown so quickly, you really can only go back like 10 years. You can't go much further back. I don't think you can use the Ravens anymore. 20 years ago, Trent Dilfer, the game was so different. Watch that Super Bowl and tell me that team would win six games this year. they probably won six. The defense was amazing. But they're not winning the Super Bowl. The Broncos are like the only example. And that defense was historic. It takes a historic defense to maybe win the Super Bowl. Every other team, their offense was great right at the right moment. And the Bills maybe are trying to be that. It looks like they're trying to be that at the very least. Let's go to James. James, what's up, man? on the nightcap.
3: Like,
2: hey, how's it going? Good, how about you? Uh, all right, I just want to reply to where uh, the caller before or to call before said that McCoy, the other guy is slow. McCoy wasn't a fast runner. Only time I can remember running for like a 40-yard touchdown is when we had that snow, that blizzard, that game, and
4: that was it. He had, he had a few long ones, but he wasn't like a home run hitter, especially in the last couple of years. I would agree with that.
2: At all. So, you know, I, I, I expected this to happen, you know, 31 years old and... Uh, look at the Patriots. They never have a, 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 you know, they have a decent running back, but they have never no star running back.
4: No, right? They have like four that are pretty good, but none that are great.
2: Yes. Yeah, look at the four of the last four or five uh, Super Bowl teams. They, they weren't great. None of the, none of those running backs. That's all I have to say. I have to go to bed. Thanks, man.
4: <laughs> James, thanks for the call, man. Um It's only seven forty-five, dude. What are you going to bed for at 7.45? You must be uh, getting up really early. Think about that. You go to bed at 7.45, 8 o'clock. You're only supposed to, like, 8 hours of sleep is kind of the the most I ever hear. Like, you need to get at least 8 hours of sleep. Sometimes I read 6. That's generally where I'm at. Well, let's say it's 8. You go to bed at 8 o'clock. You're getting up at 4 a.m. I guess some people do that. I don't do that. I get up at, like, 10. 9 usually, but 10 sometimes. Um, The benefits of, uh, you know, working the afternoon into the evening. Last Super Bowl team to have a great running back is an interesting question. Because you don't want to just use Super Bowl winners. You want to go on, like, who's been great. New England's the example you do want to use for this. New England, when's the last time they had a great, high-paid running back? Like, Corey Dillon, maybe? Is that the last time? Because they just cycle guys in and out. They just churn that position. So, to me, I'm looking at it. And I'm thinking the last time that we really saw a great... Not even great. The last time we saw a Super Bowl winner that had a great running back. Let's see. You go back to the Eagles had a bunch of guys that just split. Josh Adams. Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood. They didn't have, like, a featured back. There's New England a couple of times. They didn't do it. Denver had C.J. Anderson, who was a guy they got undrafted. They just kind of found on the street. He was a 3rd thir- three-down back, but he wasn't a superstar. New England again. Seattle with Lynch. That's really the answer. 2014. Five years ago. Was the last real great running back, I think, to win a Super Bowl. Before that, Ray Rice. And that was Ray Rice by the end. That was, like you know, pre videotape but post him being great. Uh the Giants in twenty twelve, that's Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw, that's a committee. Green Bay before that, twenty eleven, is that James Starks maybe as the running back? Who just burst out of the seams in the playoffs, the former UB product? The Saints in twenty ten, that's Reggie Bush and who Pierre Thomas. Maybe Deuce McAllister, was he hanging around still? That's a committee. The Steelers in two thousand nine, I think it's Willie Parker. He was good. He wasn't a superstar. The Giants, again, 2008. I think it's another committee. The Colts, 2007. Is that Edron James? If it's not, it's like Joseph Adai. I think it's Joseph Adai. So, you have know, like one really great superstar running back in the last 10 years. It's actually won a Super Bowl. You know, the teams that pay big ones. Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell. Doesn't look like Squam Barkley's going to win one anytime soon. The Cardinals kind of stink. But David Johnson's great. You don't need one. You just don't need one. As long as the quarterback, that's what matters so much more. And the Bills actually might get that now. So the nightcap with Jody Biassi. We'll hear from Bills general manager Brandon Bean as we progress throughout the night. And um, some other lo- some other stuff they did with the fifty three man roster, specifically wide receiver. I'm pretty happy with what they did at wide receiver. I didn't get everything I wanted at the position. I didn't expect to, but. They kept the one guy in particular that I really wanted to see on make this team. Uh, I'll tell you who that is after the break. So I cap with Jody Biasi on WGR.
2: It's a part of the business. Didn't really expect it. It's a part of the business. That's just what comes with it. I'm glad to see him, you know, on another team. And I know he's gonna do well. Certain things that he's seen when he was running the ball, just taking pointers away from him you know, about how he takes care of his body and how he goes about his day-to-day, you know, routine.
4: There's Devin Singletary. I just saw a headline that made me want to puke, kind of. <sighs> Please don't do this, Bills. Please don't do this, Bills. Please don't do this, Bills. I don't think they're going to. Pro Football Talk is reporting that the Chargers won a first-round pick and a fifth-round pick for Melvin Gordon. Man, if this team did that, I there wouldn't be enough hate in my body for one thing. Like, I don't even know how I would get it all out at once. It oh, there isn't an idea in football in sports I can dislike more than that. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think the Chargers will get that. I, I think he'll be traded. Not gonna lie, like that that uh that negotiation doesn't be doesn't seem to be going too well. At least Elliott like he might not sign, but there's reason to believe both sides are trying at it. The Chargers and Gordon it just sounds like it's kind of radio silent for the last month. And they're just kind of sitting and waiting for something to happen. Someone to blink. And if no one does, maybe he gets traded. They actually, there was a report over the weekend, they gave him permission to seek a trade. So, maybe that's likely for the Chargers. And I just really hope the Bills are not that team. I don't, I wouldn't give anything for Melvin Gordon. Anything. I wouldn't take him for free. Because if I take him for free, I have to pay him. And I have to give him all these touches. He has to be the workhorse workhorse guy. And there I go. I got another star running back, another big name running back that I have to get touches to. And this one's not even that good. He's had one good year in four years. 4 yards per carry is kind of the benchmark for an average running back in the NFL. Gordon has fallen short of that three times in four years. There isn't an idea in the I would rather trade Josh Allen for nothing. No, that's not true. Um Man, it's bad, though. I wouldn't... Just don't do it. They, they're not going to do it. Just... But please. Please don't do it. Past Bills regimes might have done it. I just don't want this to happen again. Um, I'm watching the Serena Williams match in here at the U.S. Open quarterfinals, and she is killing it. Like, this isn't even a match. It's almost over. I tuned in for this thing... What did it start? Like, a half hour ago? 45 minutes ago? And it's almost over. I thought tennis is supposed to go forever. Serena, just killing it. And then uh, Roger Federer is going to be after that. So you get a little tennis action tonight. I'll, one other thing, uh, I'll get to the Bills and the receiver group after the break. Um, we'll hear from Brandon Bean, too. One thing that I thought was a cool experience that I did last night, so I'm not a big college football fan, um, not really much at all. Like, I'll get into it a little bit towards the end of the season, middle of the season when there's a little more drama and there's not as many, you know, games where, you, where the spread is 30 points. But... Last night, you know, trying something on, had a couple of buddies over, we're watching the game. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is Louisville, Notre Dame. It's still a good game. ESPN gives you a couple of different options. There were four different ways you could watch the game. You could watch it normal with the normal telecast. Um, you could watch the ACC like, Hangout Network network Hangout thing, which was uh, Michael Jr., our own Eric Wood from the Bills Radio Network. Uh, he was doing it for ACC Network. They're just, just kind of hanging out in chairs. It's like they're watching the game, just hanging out. And you got their broadcast. Then there was a blimp cast from the blimp. Marty Smith from ESPN, who I love, by the way. If you don't know too much about Marty Smith, he's super cool. He's super entertaining. Um, he was doing a blimp cast, which was kind of funny. And then there was the SkyCam. And we went for the SkyCam, and we watched the entire first half SkyCam, and I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a neat experience, and if you like, there's a game that you're kind of interested in, but maybe you know you're doing some other stuff while it's on. Go to SkyCam. You don't get the replays, which is can be frustrating at times, but otherwise, it, that's as close as you're going to get to feeling like you're there. And I also think va- uh, your vantage point is really cool, because one thing that I like replays for is I like to see what's going on down the field. I like that expanded view for a replay because it gives me a sense of what else was happening that I couldn't see on TV. And the one thing that Skycam does, I don't know if I'd want it for the NFL because, you know, you get a little annoyed with it after a long time. Like, I don't know if I could watch an entire game doing that. Maybe. Um, We didn't try to, so I don't know if I would have got annoyed with it. But the one thing that's cool about it is you can see everything. You can see the holes that the running back is running through. You can see how the offensive line is protecting. You can see if the right tackle completely whiffs. You can see if the quarterback misses somebody that's wide open down the field. You can see everything. And I think that part of it is really cool. So if you haven't watched a game like that and you have the opportunity to it, if you have the ESPN app, I think Fox might offer this too, like on their app. Um, you can do a different telecast and do the skycam. Just take a game that maybe you're a little interested in and just try it on. And I think you'll—it's—it's a different way of looking at it. But I think it's really cool. It was pretty fun to do it that way. All right, Bills and their receiver group, Brandon Bean. That's all coming in the next hour. So stay tuned. And uh, we want your calls at 803-0550. It's the Nightcap with Sneaky Joe here on WGR. I think
1: John Brown's the best receiver on this team, and I don't think it's particularly close, but I do think that Robert Foster is a guy who should hold a role going into year two. And again, that's a big win for a player that was undrafted and wasn't, you know, a productive player in college.
4: That is Yahoo's Matt Harmon. He was on the station a while back. He's an expert on wide receivers in the league. And uh, the Bills have a much improved wide receiver core coming into this season, especially in comparison to last year. I mean, it was just a brutal brutal go of it for the Bills receivers last year. Um, Zay Jones, Robert Foster, Isaiah McKenzie eventually made up a pretty respectable uh, core, I would say, by the end, but the best two receivers on the Bills right now were not here last season, and I like what they did with the 53-man roster. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number if you got any thoughts on the Bills in their 53-man roster, LaShawn McCoy being cut, or uh, especially uh, specifically here on the receivers. I liked what they did. So, I didn't necessarily agree with the signing of Andre Roberts in the first place. I didn't really like that one. Having a a specialty player like that, a returner that also plays wide receiver as opposed to a wide receiver that's also a returner. I would have rather had the latter. But you signed him, fine. He's on the team, fine. He's not going to play much on offense, I hope, unless it's an emergency because I like what the Bills have otherwise, what they have going for them. Again, they have a core made up of speed. Quickness and separation. Brown is that. Beasley is that. Foster is that. Isaiah McKenzie is that. That's why I like McKenzie. He is not. Don't get me wrong. He's not a starter. He's not a he's not gonna have a thousand yards, but he's a nice little gadget player that, you know, I like to bring up the Chiefs a lot because I, I want that to be the model for the Bills. They have a bunch of little fast receivers like that that they just bring in all the time. Like, DeAnthony Thomas has been there for years. You may have never heard of him, but he comes in once every 10 plays for the Chiefs and does something. And I wonder if that could be a little uh, what you got of Isaiah McKenzie here. Those jet sweeps that he does, seems like they're pretty successful. In that preseason game when they did it against uh, Detroit, they did that jet sweep in the red zone to Isaiah McKenzie and And it didn't even go particularly well. Like, the blocking wasn't there. He had to make two guys miss, but he did do it. Because he does have some nice elusive ability, and that's part of the reason why I like to see him here. He's a creator. As opposed to, you know, Duke Williams, keeping him on the active roster would have had its merit. He's unique to what you have. Big, catch radius, physical, red zone target. He's on the practice squad. So... He's still sticking around. I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up playing at some point. But I like the 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 style that the Bills receiving core has become. They don't have a lot of size, but I don't really think it matters. The only guy that really doesn't fit to what they have is Zay Jones. When I've when I've mentioned quickness and speed and separation, that's not really Zay Jones' game. That's at least not what he's been in the NFL. He's still here. So, I would have advocated if I did a 53-man roster projection on Friday. And I did not have McCoy on mine. It would have been not what I thought they were doing, but what I wanted to do. McCoy, gone. That happened. Jones, I would have liked to see traded. And I wonder what you could have got for him. Houston is making some dumb moves right now. And part of a giant deal with Miami, was getting Kenny Stills for them. I don't know what part of that was the Kenny Stills part. Maybe it was the second-round pick. But Zay Jones, to me, you know, is he a better idea for a team like Houston than Kenny Stills would have been? I think Kenny Stills is better, but Zay Jones is younger. He's cheaper. And if you're only bringing him in as a backup to Will Fuller because you're worried about his injury history, then maybe Zay Jones could have been that for Houston, and there might have been a missed opportunity there for the Bills. I would have liked to see him traded. I don't know how he fits with what they're trying to do. He'll play, and he's no slouch as a third or fourth wide receiver, but I think you could have done... Honestly, the guys behind him I like better. Foster, because of the upside, we don't know about his consistency, but if he is any version of what Robert, if Robert Foster is any version of what he was at the end of last season, I want that guy in the field before Zay Jones. But this ultimately becomes less a question about Zay Jones, but what the offense is going to be. They kept six receivers, five of which they kept primarily for offense, I would think. McKenzie, I would think, but uh, Robert's more as a returner. Five guys. How many times are they going to go four receivers wide? And I think it might be a lot more than it's been. But will it still be enough to warrant having Zay Jones on this team if you think you could have got something valuable for him or if you think in the future you can get something valuable for him? I hope the answer is they want to keep him around because they plan on using four receivers. And that could be the case. Because a lot, a lot of times what teams will do is they'll have three receivers on the field all the time, but they'll also have a tight end that's basically a receiver. A very good pass-catching option at that position. And the Bills don't really have that at this moment. So maybe they do go four receivers more than even they might want to because they just don't have a, a tight end they can trust to do that. Going into this Jet game on Sunday, they have two rookie tight ends in Lee Smith. So when Josh Allen drops back the pass, you know Lee Smith isn't going to be out there running a lot of routes. At tight end, he's going to be looking at two rookies. So I might anticipate, especially early in the season while Tyler Croft's dealing with his injury, they might run four receivers more often than normal. And I do hope that's the case. I do hope that's the case. Even if... Zay Jones is a part of it. Because he, for him, again, it's kind of like the McCoy thing for me in that I didn't necessarily have a problem with McCoy playing. I don't have a problem with Zay Jones playing. It just comes down to value and what their replacement level player is in this situation. And if Houston had come calling, and I'll give you a third-round pick for Zay Jones, well, if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm sitting back thinking, all right, I can have Isaiah McKenzie play as my fourth wide receiver. I can play Duke Williams as my fourth wide receiver. And I'm going to get a third-round pick? Done. I think you're going to see a big hit in Jones's stats this year. Like, if I'm a fantasy owner, I'm not touching Zay Jones. Last year, he actually finished pretty good in fantasy. A big part of that was volume—102 targets is a lot—and he caught 56. Think about that: 56 on 102. That is not a good catch percentage at all. And if that, what what is he going to finish in terms of targets this year? Will he crack 60? I might be surprised. It, what would the over-under be for Zay Jones' targets this season? I might put it at 60. Because Brown's going to get his. Beasley's going to get his. You saw If you heard me last hour, um, I brought up a cover one stat. A uh, cover one pointed out on Twitter that Dable's been using his running backs in the past game. They have not been stay- staying in pass protection almost at all. That could be more targets for the running backs. How much is going to be left over for the guys that were here last year? specifically Foster and Jones because at the mo- at this present at this present juncture they do not strike me as guys that will have major roles on this offense but they will have roles for sure Jones is probably your outside receiver I would think to start even though he won't lead in targets compared to Brown and Beasley. But with Beasley being a slot guy, I think Zay Jones is probably starting on the outside, at least against the Jets. And Foster might just be John Brown's backup. Or maybe when you go four wide, ideally, I think when you go four wide, I think Zay Jones is more a better natural fit for the slot. And if I'm going to have two slot receivers on the field because I have four wide receivers, maybe in three receiver sets you go, this, this isn't what I would do, but this is probably what I think they'll do. Brown... Jones on the outside, Beasley in the slot, you go to four, you bump Zay Jones on the inside, you put Foster on the outside. Like, now we're talking. Now I like that. A four-receiver set, Brown and, and uh, Foster on the outside, Beasley and Jones in the slot. Now we're talking about a pretty a pretty good receiving core if you're going to really use that depth that you have. And I hope they do use that depth that they have. Because I... If you're not going to use a lot of four-receiver sets, I don't know how much Isaiah McKenzie's going to play. And like I've said, I like him. I would like to see him get some touches. And for him to get touches, he's got to be on the field. And for him to be on the field, you got to play more than two, three receivers. So we'll see. We'll see what the Bills want to be on offense. Not even just how good they're going to be on offense, but what style are they going to be? Are they going to go back to I-formation, Pat DiMarco on the field, running it up the gut? Or are they going to spread it out? Are they really going to spread it out? Are they going to get Devin Singletary in space with bubble screens? Are they going to do the screens like they did to Cole Beasley in uh, in the first uh, couple preseason games? Are they going to keep with these jet sweeps to Isaiah, McKen- Isaiah McKenzie? Are they going to do the QB draws with Josh Allen in an empty set? A lot of that stuff that the, the new really good offenses do, like the Saints and the Rams and the Chiefs. The Bills were doing some of that at the end of last season. Will they continue that? I'm hoping that last year them doing it wasn't just necessity and that that's really what they want to be. Because there's an argument to be made that they did that just because they that what they want to be wasn't working. I hope that's not true, but there is that argument. You could say, hey, the only reason the Bills' offense really did that was because when they were lining it up with that offensive line and that running that running back, those running backs, it wasn't working. And I hope that now that the offensive line is better and that you might have some running backs you want to see more out of, that they're not going to revert to what they were before the end of last season when they were spreading the field. And like I said, I don't think that's going to be the case, but you don't know it. I'm very interested to see what they look like offensively against the Jets and the Giants and the Bengals. Because those are three teams, by the way, that you could have leads against, and you might want to say they're going to have leads against them. And if you're up seven in the third quarter, keep the foot on the gas. Don't, don't revert to what you wanted to be before Josh Allen really took off last year. Don't go back to running the football all the time. Keep it. Keep going. Keep throwing. Keep spreading it out. And if they do that in game situations like that, where it's still a close game, but they're playing with a lead, then you really know that the Bills are really trying to, that they've they've really come around on what kind of offense they're going to have. Now they'll have, don't get me wrong, when I I talk about the Chiefs and the Saints and the Rams, the Bills are not going to be an exact model of that because of their quarterback. They're going to be a a variation of it. There's going to be a much bigger vertical element to their game. Just because of Allen's arm strength. This is going to be the case. And look at the receivers they brought in. Brown stretches the field. Foster stretches the field. Hell, McKenzie's a burner. He could stretch the field. That's going to be a big part of their game. And I wouldn't be surprised if they lead the league in yards per attempt again. And a lot of times you would think, all right, you're 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 gunning it down the field. But that, that might be a different variation of what these really good offenses are doing, a different element that the Bills will have. Now the Chiefs can do that, but they they kinda they're very balanced in that way. They'll do both. And I think we know Allen's going to push the ball down the field. We don't know that underneath stuff that's going to happen with him. We know Mahomes can do that. And that's why Mahomes isn't just a big a big gun. Like he's got that arm strength, but Mahomes is deadly between 10 and 15 yards. And the short stuff. He's deadly and even though Allen is similar to him in that he can throw it 80 yards down the field and all the safeties in the world have to think twice when they're moving up on a play because Josh Allen is the quarterback on the other side. But we don't know is whether Allen can do that intermediate stuff yet. And we also don't know if the Bills really want to do it a ton. You would think they do because of Cole Beasley's presence on the team, but maybe he just does become a safety valve. All of these maybes. Like you you can't for me, I, I can't really You can't dial in on what you think they're going to be because we haven't seen it yet. And there's all these new toys and you don't know which one Josh Allen's going to play with. Is he going to gun it down the field? Who's going to lead in targets? That's really the big question. Because I know we've heard a lot of Cole Beasley noise and a lot of people projecting he's going to lead the team in targets. I'm not there. I still think it's going to be John Brown. Think of who this quarterback is. He loves to sling it. And why wouldn't he? He's got maybe my strongest arm in the NFL. He probably does. And you want him to use that. So, I get that there's reason to think, hey, Cole Beasley, they're going to use him a ton. I think they're going to use Cole Beasley, but I don't think it's going to be as much as John Brown and these vertical receivers. I think still, still think that's going to be the first thing that defenses, when a defensive coordinator is getting their team ready to play the Bills. I think the first thing they're going to be talking to their defense about is watch out for the Bills throwing it deep. 803-0550 is the phone number. Last call on the nightcap after this on WGR. Last call on the nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Spent some time in the last segment talking about the Bills at receiver and the offense in general. It's been the main topic, I would say, of the show tonight. On the heels of LaShawn McCoy being released. And the Bills 53-man roster. We'll start to look ahead to the Jets as the week progresses. I'll have a short show on Thursday because we're going to have Packers-Bears for you here on WGR. uh, 7.30 on Thursday, so I'll have about a half hour then. Um, That'll be the first bridge nightcap in a while. But until then, we got some full shows and we got some phone lines, so we'll get a couple of calls in before we get out of here tonight. Let's go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the nightcap. What's up?
0: Hi, Joe. How's it going tonight? Good. How are you? All right, so um, things I, I, I don't didn't like a little bit and then what I think the offense is going to be. Um, okay, I get getting rid of LaShawn McCoy to a degree. I kind of wish he was still here for somewhat. But if you're going to get rid of him, because the writing kind of looked on the wall, um, why couldn't you have at least traded him and get something for him, maybe a yeah, third or fourth round pick for him? I mean, he's always talking about Brandon Bean, how he likes his picks, and he wants to get value, and he wants to get something for something, and I just let yeah. him walk, and they just let him go. I, I, you know.
4: I thought that, too. My nope. thought would be that, you know, I, if Carlos, if Duke Johnson goes for third, if Carlos Hyde can be traded, I would have thought you could get something for McCoy, too. Especially, well, we see Carlos Hyde got traded for a young offensive lineman that's not really a starter, but like a depth guy, and... Carlos Hyde is not good. So to me, yeah, McCoy should have gone for at least that. But I, what I wonder, and I don't know this, but my guess might be that if the Bills were shopping McCoy around in a team like Houston or somebody else was only offering like a depth player that you've already got or a 6th or a 7th round pick, that the Bills might have just gone and said, alright, hey, listen, McCoy's been here four years, he's been great for us, we're going to give him... Instead of just taking a sixth or a seventh round pick, we'll we'll give him the freedom to pick where he goes and uh, kind of give that to him as a parting gift. And I, I wonder if that might have been what happened.
0: It could have been. I do. I have seen some of the players in this league that, just in the last few months, though, um, where I thought you shouldn't have got a fifth, more than a fifth round before, give him a fourth or a third. So I'm, yeah. with Lashawn McCoy. A good offense, especially with Andy Reid, who liked him, he probably would have gave up a third for him or a fourth.
4: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I gotta go, Kevin. Thanks for the call, man. I, I wonder that I wonder if they just did it too late. Like if once they decided, all right, we're gonna trade McCoy, we're gonna move on, that the market wasn't there anymore. Like last deadline, I guarantee you could have got more than what you got would have got last week. I bet. Who knows though? Let's go to Buzz and Buffalo. Buzz, what's up, man? You're on the Nightcap.
3: Sneaky Joe. I'm ready for some football, man. It's
4: me too, man. We got less than forty eight hours. How's that sound? Less than forty eight hours until we got NFL football. Like real NFL football.
3: That sounds great, but I want some Bills football too, because this is the in, in literally twenty years this is the most optimistic I've been about this club, you know, and, and I mean realistic optimistic. Yeah. And um
4: what- let me ask you before before you get to your point, what what was second? Like has anything even come close? I thought about the Mario Williams season, like when he signed and that was Chan's third year, but like, that was the only thing I could even come up with that was half close.
3: No, no, dude, nothing, nothing's been this close. In 1999, when the uh, Music City Miracle, that was the team that they could have gone. And, and so the team that beats them, Tennessee beats them on the Music City Miracle. They go to the Super Bowl. Lose the Super Bowl. By a foot. By, by a, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, dude, that, that, that's defense. Now, that defense, that was the best built defense that I've ever seen. I was born in 1970. But, um, dude, I'm real excited. I think I I trust Dayball. I trust these guys. I actually really do. Um, They're they're modern, you know, and I think what you're going to see is you're going to see week-to-week different offensive game plans. And I think what what I want to see is I want to see balance. I want to see use the whole field, the short passing, the long passing game. The running, the swing passes, the bubble screens, the screen, you know, all of it. Just use it all. I think they can do it, and I think the offensive line is going to be a huge key. And, dude, I can't wait for some football. I'll talk to you again soon.
4: Yeah, Buzz, thanks for the call, man. I love it. Um, I've got to get out of here, though. I, you know, I trust in Dable, too, to a certain extent. Um We'll see. I, I hope the offense looks like it did at the end of last season. If that happens, then yeah, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be pretty happy about who the Bills' offensive coordinator is. All right, I gotta get out of here. Uh, NASCAR fans, stay tuned because NASCAR live is on the way next. I'll be back with you tomorrow night from seven to nine, and then Thursday we got football. Set your fantasy lineups. Packers Bears will be Thursday. We'll have it here in WGR, and we are you know we'll be five days from the Bills' opener. It is. It is coming. Thanks for listening. Catch the little show on demand, WGR550.com, radio.com app. So until tomorrow night, have a good night. This is Jody Biassi here on WGR.